Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere, everyone. I'm Jamie Karnick. I'm Andy Klein. Today on Bridge from Nowhere, weird uses for beards. And then he took his big, poofy Garibaldi beard and he put it on his head like it was Aaron's hair. <laughs> and then he just laughed. One hot, messy corner with Juno's most famous blogger, Libby Backler. Um, I kind of feel like it was online dating the world, honestly. That's, that's how I would analogize it. Inappropriate uses for garden implements. And he came up over the top with the garden weasel and just stuck it right into the top of my head. I mean, gunk. And a little known but special holiday that's near and dear to Jamie's heart. Hey, day. Every Wednesday. Yeah, every Wednesday, Wednesday. to this day. Yep, when the motherfucker comes down the chimney and brings good toys to all the good girls and boys. <laughs> all that and more coming up on Bridge from Nowhere. What are your world travels? Where have you been in the world outside of the U.S.? I've been to Norway, uh, the Netherlands, and Italy. That's all. The Dutch. So you went from the Netherlands to Italy just by plane? You just kind of hop planes back Different and forth? trips, right? Mm-hmm. Same or a different trip. trip. Same trip, same trip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that same all trip. the same trip? Yeah. Beard and mustache championship. Did yes. not win. No. no. Should have. Uh, Although you looked good as a pirat, pirat. And you were the star of the Norwegian National Day Parade. I bet oh. people talk about it to this day. People thought you were Johnny Depp. Pirat Jack Sparrow. Johnny! Johnny, I love you! Adorable, healthy Norwegian children. Dressed up in their traditional regalia. Pirat Jack Sparrow! <laughs> You've got to be in hundreds of pictures from that day. Yeah. Now, weren't you actually a musketeer? I was in the musketeer type category. category. It was the uh, the category with name was... Uh, musketeer. Yeah, it was musketeer. Yeah, it was. I don't know I couldn't remember yeah, it. It was totally musketeer, yeah. But I dressed up... I, I wanted to buck the trend a little bit. Dressed up as a pirate, so I went down to Salvation Army here in Juneau, and I found some... Uh, ice skates, figure skates that had black boots. So I cut off the skates, and they had these terrible soles on them. They're hard rubber, I mean plastic. So every time I used them, I would slip every now and then because it was just hard. Yeah. They weren't real shoes. They weren't no. shoes. They had no sole That on seems them. like they you should soulless. have gotten some black shoes. <laughs> well, they looked very piratey. <laughs> they did. And made your feet hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. They sucked. That's but, probably why you had to go to the chiropractor. So then I also <laughs> found a woman's dress that had a very blousey, billowy top. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I cut that off and wore the top. I uh, also got a bra. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Just because. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I found a vest, and then we were in the parade, and uh, people were pointing, so I acted like a stupid person. Let's talk about the beard competition for a moment. So this arose from one year, the International Beard Competition. What's it called, the International? International Beard Mustache Championships. Was held in Anchorage, Alaska. It was. And in that year, What was that, 2011? 11. Our very own friend... Wait, maybe 2009. Aaron Suring we went, yeah. mm-hmm. went to Anchorage and he competed. Came in third, second, second in the Alaskan Alaskan whaler style, whaler style category. Which is basically a big beard with no mustache. Like you see uh, stereotypical semi modern seamen. Or Aaron every day. <laughs> and he looks so good. He looks good. Mm. Well, he got like a harpoon. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you went. You were there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there for that one. He had a harpoon as his prop and a knitted sweater. And he 
really poofed out the beard and had a corncob pipe or something. Almost won first place, but he got second place and out of a lot of competition. Yeah. And he looked great. And so that got and you guys are all beard growers. You know, you can be beard growers. I I'm More not a beard I'm not a beard grower. I can't grow a beard. But so then you guys decided to okay, we're going to up the ante. We're going next in 2 years it's held every 2 years. Well, we figured out where the next one was and it was uh Trondheim, Norway. Yeah. And we thought why don't we just go over there? That sounds like an interesting place. And you had spent like nearly a week in Anchorage or whatever and got to know a lot of the guys and, mm-hmm. you know, it was sort of this fun camaraderie. So we camaraderie. saw a lot of the people on the, on the second one, the yeah. German crew and Austrians and Americans, And in fact, weren't they Americans, even, Canadians even and... filming a – they were starting to film a reality TV show at that time around beers and that guy Jack Passion was in there, right? He yeah. was kind of douchey. He was a winner – he won quite a few times, yeah. I think. Whisker Wars. Yeah, that's what Whisker that's called. Wars. I never watched Jack Passion it. was is kind of the villain in that. I think it only went like half a season. I think it was or like something. one season. Yeah. I actually never watched all of it. I watched a little bit of it, and Jack, you know, as they do in reality shows, Jack Jack Passion. And he was the he, he was the bad guy. He's a good villain. I mean, he's, he's like the guy. Any any producer would be like, well, that's the guy. That's the bad guy. Because he's cocky and then there would be and, these yeah. knuckleheady, really great guys from Austin, the Austin Facial Hair Club, which we got to know a little mm-hmm. bit, and who were great. And they were sort of some of your ragtag heroes. They, like, wanted to take Jack Passion down. Right. Four-time U.S. champion or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you guys went over, and then you competed in Trondheim. And and then but – but, but what happened at the actual competition? Because it felt like – well, one thing, you got surprised by the trip, right? I did, And your yeah. wife surprised I was, you. I was – I had to move away from Juno for a little bit in those days, and we were moving back right around the same time as that was. And so these guys, Lou and Pat and Aaron, who had gone before, were like, we're going. We really want you to come. They had invited me to Anchorage, and I hadn't gone because I was stupid. That's one of those things I realized, like, oh, I have work, and I can't. I was like, well, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever done. Um <laughs> And uh, so I was like, I really want to go, but there's no way I can afford it. So, so my lovely, wonderful wife, Jen, um, secretly, we were in Minnesota and I was working and she was working and we were like cobbling together money to come back. And she started working for like answers.com and like, you know, when you go to the internet and you're like, how much does a hippopotamus weigh? And then you find <laughs> these answer websites, they'll pay you like $12 or something if you do that, if you write little things for them. So Jen did that like secretly and like assembled all this money money and earned enough money to pay for a plane ticket to Trondheim and surprised me with it like three weeks before the trip. Which is beautiful. Which is awesome. And a wonderful thing to do. But had a downside, which is that you didn't have time to grow a beard. I had no beard because I actually had like a reasonably prominent job. I had to like go to Capitol Hill and stuff like that. And so I hadn't – I was just – I was just bare. And you're a man who can grow a beard. I don't yeah. know if it's a competition-worthy beard. Maybe you've never grown it that long to even no, know. I, co- I mean, I could have. But I, you could. I don't know. Maybe. Mine, mine just tends to like kind of get fluffy Fluffs and scraggly. Yeah. Mine doesn't get long like Aaron's. Aaron but, has an amazing beard yeah. that can grow. Aaron out. can do it. Pat can grow but, a heck of a beard. Yeah. And Lou can grow a heck of a beard. But yeah. they are about twice as fast as me. Yours just doesn't grow as fast. No, I, it might be part of the native thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. But they, they're, they're hairy mm-hmm. men. Yeah. They're just fair, so you don't see the apeness. But about them. so 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 Pat was growing a beard. Aaron was growing a beard again. Lou was growing a beard. You were growing a beard. You tried to grow a beard for three weeks. Well, as soon as I got the surprise, I was like, "Well, I'm not shaving anymore." So let's talk about your decision about what kind of beard you went with. 
You went with this musketeer thing, which is like a little goatee. Mm-hmm. And then what else? Uh, is well, there I, mustache I, Basically, involved? I let the beard grow for six months, and it was a hell of a thing because it was annoying. It was, you were like weird was back hot. then. You looked like the Unabomber or something. Yeah. You looked really weird. You were super murdery. I looked like a Civil War guy or something. <laughs> General Hooker. Old molasses chin. Had the big old stash and the puff beard. and I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Other than Unabomber style. But uh, they didn't have that category, so I had to choose something else. I thought, you know, it's a swarthy man. Maybe I'll do good as a musketeer. Get the stash. So you had the long stash with the waxed mustache. Waxed out. Pointy. Like you could put an eye out with that Mm -hmm. thing. Like the mask in that V for Vendetta kind Mm. of thing has this. Kind of, yeah. But like really long. Like like wider wider than your face, I want to say. Yeah, it was pretty long. It's cool. It was awesome, man. I had it on the chin. I should. I think I lost because I trimmed the chin down too much because they give you a style guide. And the style guide says to. Make the the chin part not so big, but the guys who won had it big. Oh, the guys who won, the, the longer they wa- they were, the better, I guess, because the judges they don't they just choose. They're what, just yeah. they just choose yeah. something. Yeah, they just like yeah. one of them. They don't was, they don't use the style guide as a way to choose yeah. right. exactly. Right. Yeah, one of them was like a Trondheim like radio or TV mm-hmm. person. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so it's just local celebrities. So I, yeah. that's where I think because they looked at me for a while, but. The chin, I think, was where I messed up. You looked so good. But you looked good. I actually thought you were going to win. Of all of us, I thought you were going to win. And all that. And then you, having been left with only three weeks to grow big, you made a, you made a. Game time decision. I did well because I I grew like a decent beard. I can grow a decent beard in three weeks, but it just looks like a normal beard. So I get there and we're hanging out with people, and you know they're like these kind of like social events, and I'm just realizing like. There's no way. I mean, what? I'm what, barely bearded I, I, at I'm all. I'm just like I'm. I just kind of have like a little bit of a bigger beard. Like I got nothing. And there are these guys with like six pointed star beards and beards, and like guys with like huge beards and big rolly beards, and guys with super waxed. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I, the mustache part of my beard is super weak, so I couldn't really do any of the mustache. There are a bunch of mustache events. So like that's the thing where if you don't have much, you can like do it. But I I can't grow a good mustache. Um, I can. That's yeah, the one. That's the one thing Andy Klein can do can is do. grow a mustache. Man, mustache. There are so many pictures of so many people wearing your mustache. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I decided. Well, what can I do? And there was a category called partial beard freestyle, <laughs> which is just sort of like the because it was mustache, partial beard, and full beard. And so I was like, well, okay. And I looked at some beard things, and I don't remember who suggested it or how I came up with it. But there's a beard called. The monkey tail. <laughs> and so the monkey tail, you first thing you do is you shave all of your neck beard away. So all of that like, all the under the chin stuff goes away. Um, I thought about just going as the neck beard. Shave <laughs> 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 all the upper beard. I mean, that would have been another way to go. Uh, excuse me. Have you yeah. compiled a kernel lately? Amer- because if you haven't moved. <laughs> I mean, literally just shave off everything above the chin and just, just show up American <laughs> neck beard. <laughs> It'd be like a, a, a neck Late ruffle. 20th century American neck beard. But it was just the thing. I was struggling a little bit because this idea of like, well, I, I'm not going to be able to like compete. So I want to do something fun. But I also don't want to like, I'm not making fun of this. Like, I think this is awesome. These yeah. people are, I mean, it's weird, but it's awesome. And I just didn't have time to grow a beard or I would have. So, right. so, so anyway, it's like, okay, so the monkey tails. So you shave off all the neck part. 
and then you shave off one whole cheek side. And then on the other side, so then you've got like mustache, kind of like the goatee circle and one side of beard. One side, yeah. Right? And then you shave off, you kind of like create a space between the mustache and the remaining side of beard. And you shave that remaining side of beard down a little bit. Then you have one long stretch of beard that comes down from like your my right ear down along the chin line, under the mouth, over the left side of my mouth, around over my mouth, and then stops. <laughs> Does not reconnect and looks like a little curly monkey tail. <laughs> so that's what I went with. And you're and, walking through the public. Yeah, walking through in Norway. Norway. With a monkey tail on his yep. face. And then, so how did you how did you present this to the so judges? So I got up in the partial beard freestyle category, and I was right next to this really lovely man who I met who was from Belgium, I think, who had an amazing six-pointed star beard. Jesus. I think he won. Yeah. And I have a great picture of me and him. Um, and uh, he loved my monkey tail. He didn't speak any <laughs> English, but he loved my monkey tail. So I thought, well, all right, I got my monkey tail. I needed something, though, because this is pretty faint. Yeah. So I brought a banana. It cost nine dollars. The exchange yeah. rate was that bad. Yeah, bananas were oh killer over there. It's I like I got it. Was. Pretty close, probably. Pictures were fifty dollars. Pictures yeah, of yeah, beer. Oh it was a of beer, nine dollars. It was like being in college again. Um, but I got my banana and I kind of peeled it. And so, like, you stand on this stage with all the other people, like just for everybody to see and cheer. And they announce you like one at a time, and then you go to the judging, and then you're like in a line, and then you like stand before the judges individually, and they come in. And this one woman always came out and like, kind of like touched your beard and like pulled your hair and stuff and uh i had my banana and i was doing like a little monkey like scratch under the armpit like <laughs> you know and uh i went and the judges like the one this one judge was just laughing like just as soon as it came down she just started laughing and she kept tilting her head uh-huh and like tilting her head and i was tilting my monkey tail head and tilting my monkey tail and she was just like i don't understand what you're doing <laughs> yeah i didn't win no <laughs> but i got i got i got certificate of participation slash fourth place yeah. yeah, first, second, third, and then everybody else gets certificate of participation. And then just as a follow-up to Aaron, who had previously come in as a silver medalist in his area yeah. competition, this the year that they did it in Trondheim, every year they can choose a new category, and so mm -hmm. the Alaska Whaler category it's wasn't gone. there anymore. Yeah. So he had to choose out. And I, so he shaved off a lot of the girth he of his beard. He chose goatee. Yeah, which I don't, I don't know that. I, I don't, don't think know, that I don't know how he feels about that. I don't know well. if it was his strength. Yeah, because yeah. his beard flares out in this amazing yeah. way. He could have mm -hmm. just let it like go, like a sunburst yeah. down there or something. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. And so to shave all that off, Lion I think made. takes away. And a he lot just of had the... like a long kind of stringy goatee right. coming and down from his chin. He's he's a he's a red. He's a ginger. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's what happened. And we then also Pat, was Pat in it. Pat was in it too. Pat. Pat, there's a category called Garibaldi, which is just for a big, poofy, poofy like Santa beard. Yeah. Which is probably, oh. if I had like six months to grow, that's probably that, where I would yeah. have ended up. Because I just poof out. I don't stretch out. Yeah. And uh, Pat entered that. He was pretty good, yeah. actually. He did not win. There was an Austrian man who liked to yodel and was staying at the same hostel as us. <laughs> Didn't speak any English, but we got to know him. And, and I was just like yodeling. And we were talking a little bit or trying to. And then he would go, I would go, yodeling. And he'd go, no, no, no. Like that. And he also, the next day at the parade, so he had a big, magnificent, white, poofy right. Garibaldi beard. He yep. won first place. Let me and, let me interrupt for a second. Yes. Also, you remember the goofy thing? Yeah. They also did a yodel that was kind of like that. <laughs> like that. They were doing that every once in a while. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Sounded like oh, yeah. Goofy. <laughs> <was really> good. <laughs> yeah. 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 That guy was great. And then the next day, we all marched in the Septimai 
Norwegian National Day Parade under the banner of the local Beard and Mustache Club, which was super fun. And there that was go. when Lou was dressed as a pirate and all that stuff. But beforehand, there's all these beardy people milling around waiting for the parade to start. And this guy, his name I can't remember, but he loves he goes like, oh, and he comes over and he says hi. And like, <laughs> he, he walks behind Aaron. And our friend Aaron is, is bald up on top, like shaved head bald. He walks behind Aaron and he puts his hands on his shoulders and he just starts to push him down. <laughs> and he couldn't speak in English. And Aaron's eyes got super big. He's just like, <laughs> what, what the hell? What is going on? And he pushed Aaron down as, like low enough, and then he took his big, poofy Garibaldi bird, and he put it on his head like it was Aaron's hair. <laughs> and then he just laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> and he, like, he was waving at me, like, picture, picture. And I took a picture, and then, like, Tons of people wanted to take that picture. So That's poor so Aaron funny. was in this awkward, painful crouch. Wearing a beard his, on his wearing, head. Wearing a giggling Austrian With man's beard on his head. head. Touching another man's chin. Yeah, not even chin. No, it was all just beard all up on his head. But, I mean, I, at some point you're at thinking point it might get low enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, fun. beards. Buns. Next year, next time, neck beards. Neck beards. American neck beard. I can't grow a neck beard. I wish I could do it. I'll gr- just go in the mustache category. Yeah, you, you could actually totally compete in the mustache Yeah, category. I'll just go as uh, American bushy, American, American <laughs> late 70s bushy. American Bushmaster mustache. <laughs> Magnum P.I. Yeah. Magnum P.I. Selic. category. Selic. The Selic. The Selic. That would actually be a great category. <laughs> the Selic. The Selic. Well, we all went as Selic for we Halloween. Yeah. yeah, for Halloween. That was great yeah. fun. All right, well, tales of beards, facial hair here on Bridge from Nowhere. Bacalar. Libby Bacalar. Yes. There you go. Good job, Andy. Yeah, that was good. I think I have it. You yeah. have it. It's down. You got it down. <laughs> it's Bridge from Nowhere. Libby Bacalar is with us from one hot mess, Alaska. Libby. Yes. Libby, should we call it the messy corner? Sure. We can call it messy corner. <laughs> or just corner, one, uh, one mess in the or, corner. Or, or, I'll leave that about, to you guys. How about that, one hot corner? One hot corner. That's not bad. Hot corner. Hot corner. Messy corner. Yeah, messy I don't know. Corner. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave that to the hot experts. hot, messy corner. <laughs> That's not <laughs> gross. We all have it's those. It's a little gross. We all have yeah. them. It's a little, it's a little vivid. We've sure. all my got them. Yeah. Libby, you're a, you are Juno's most famous blogger. Oh, my God. I would say that's got to be true, right? I, mean, I don't know. I think you're Juno's most famous blogger. Now, I'm not that's saying not that's... That's not really saying a lot. I was going to say, now that's... <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take it. Well, so you started... Your blog has had this really interesting evolution. We were just talking about it a little bit. But you started kind of like um, trying to have a little bit of an outlet. You had young kids in the house. You have a really heavy-duty professional career, and then you were looking for sort of just like a creative outlet, and writing is something you did, and so you wanted to have a little bit of an outlet about parenting, especially maybe, and that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, a few of my close friends from, I I grew up in New York City, and a few of my friends from back home basically said, you know, you should really start a blog, you should start a blog, because I would, you know, post stuff on Facebook, and they encouraged me to do it, so I was like, oh, let me just, 
you know, try this blog thing. And it was in October of, I guess, 2014 that I started it. And yeah, it was mostly, you know, a mommy blog to start with. But it took this town by storm. <laughs> it did. <laughs> well, I think it kind of filled this weird void that I didn't know was out there exactly, um, which is there are kind of a lot of people that um, want to say things but are afraid to or intimidated to or, you know, feeling reserved about it, and they – we're finding a lot of relatability and authenticity behind the stuff I was writing. So whether it was about parenting or feminism or, you know, body issues, exercise, food. Um, and the weirdness fashion. of living in Juneau, too, yeah, part of it. Yeah, tons of Alaska right? stuff. You know, I think there was a real niche for that, like basically daily ramblings about the unique, quirky things about living here. And coming from a perspective of someone who didn't grow up here. That's right. You yeah. know, so I had this kind of mix of this really urban upbringing in the Bronx during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and then living my entire adult life and parenting life here and contrasting those two things. And yeah. that always makes for a funny fish-out-of-water stuff. And as long as I've lived here, I still don't know how to do anything. I'm still, like, completely <laughs> incompetent. So every time I, you know, go on some adventure with someone that knows what they're doing, it's just, like, more <laughs> blog fodder. And so it just kind of spiraled into that, you know. And I like to sort of push boundaries with it. Um, I really, really, really emphasize authenticity on it. I like it to always be really kind of from the heart, whether I'm being serious or funny or whatever it is, um, I like it to be authentic. And I think that's what kind of resonated with people. The thing is, I, I always it. think about it, like I haven't had a young kid, my, my kid's 25, right? So I haven't had young kids in the house for a long time. But the frustrations that you often say in very graphic and funny terms. Yeah, I use a are, lot of four-letter right, words. Right, the F yeah. word is featured <laughs> prominently. Yeah. yeah. A lot of and, F word, a lot of F bombs, and but well used, a well used F word, yeah, is, is, which is we a, all appreciate. Is a, yeah. from is, a, yeah. is a high act of comedy. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, the the kind of the the uh, as you said, most people are reserved, or they you you as a parent especially, I think you get caught up in the that thing of like, oh, I should feel this way, right, and you don't ever get to sort of confide necessarily or hear the opinions of people who really feel deep down the same way you do about stuff, right? Totally. So, and, you know, I think part of that, too, is I my mother is is a psychiatrist, and she's very clinical and introspective. And so she um, is just a really interesting person to talk to for any number of reasons. But I definitely grew up with this sort of inside-out model of it's important to express your feelings and here's what's really going on and this isn't really about you or this doesn't really seem to be what it's about or what is it really about and let's think about it. It's like I'm very neurotic and my mind is always going. And really screwed you up. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, right. I mean, my dad's, a, my dad's a journalist. My mom's a psychiatrist. So like the writing genes and then the analytical genes, I think, just sort of collided into the 2017 mold of social media to and create. And then you're a yeah. lawyer. You're, I am a lawyer. You, you yeah. work for so. the state. I work for the state, although I don't like to publicize that but, or make a thing out of that. But that's your day job. That's my day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you have uh, this kind of high-level kind of, you know, career that you have to think yes. about and yep. and then so you do I feel like there's that release there's that when release. I read when I read your stuff it's like 
here's someone who is like getting it out. Totally. And I just I just kind of own that. You know, I always say there's not a single word I've written that I'm ashamed of or embarrassed by or would not stand 100 percent behind. And, you know, and I am completely comfortable with everything I've ever put out into the universe. And you kind of have to be if you're going to be willing to kind of push those boundaries and to do it all the time. And, you know, I make I make myself do it. It's like. Some days I don't feel like doing it. I make myself do it every single day. Um, it's good to have a discipline. I mean, yeah, absolutely. it's like kind of like exercise. It's like I wish I exercised, but I don't. Like this is my <laughs> exercise. So. so what's it like for you? I mean, one aspect of this, especially as a New York person, I'm shocked, by the way, to hear that the Bronx in the 80s is different from Juno. That really has... <laughs> wow. uh, it wouldn't. That's sort think. of blown my and concept of history sure. and things. The Bronx but was so one similar. thing that happens here, and that I'm sure has happened to you, is you become what people will call Juno famous. Like, you are now a known person in Juno. I don't think we've ever met, but I sort of wasn't sure because I just know who you are because it is kind of a small town. What's that been like for you? That has been overwhelmingly very cool for me. Um, I have really loved the world that this blog has opened up for me in terms of relationships. Um, I've made a number of friends through the blog that I would never have met otherwise. Um, I kind of feel like it was online dating the world, honestly. That's that's how I would analogize it. I mean, I felt like all of a sudden I was online dating everybody in like a therapeutic way or basically like friend dating the universe. And it brought a lot of really great people into my life, like not just here in Juneau and Anchorage and other places too. And people I never would have known, never would have met. And I just like have these blog friends now. Um, and it's been great. I mean, that's been... I would say the most rewarding thing about doing the blog is the number of people I've met as a result of it and the number of people I've gotten to know and their stories. And I'm intensely interested in people. And so it's not just, you know, yes, the blog is a creative outlet for myself and a way for me to connect with people. I mean, that really is the main goal of it. It's to put something out in the world that's received by the person reading it, that resonates with them, that feels authentic to them, that they want to share with their friends. And yeah, there's sure there's an ego boost to those posts that blow up or whatever. But that's not why I do it. I what was the first one of those? What was the first post? That the kinda... first big one that went over like, well, so it was kind of like a slow thing because one I thought was a really big deal went to like 600. And I thought, well, that was huge. And then one went to like 1,000 and 10,000 and 100,000 and Three million was one of them. And so like some of them, I mean, that was an exception. I haven't had one over like 10,000 in a long time. I mean, the average is like average, I would say like a thousand reads probably Mm -hmm. per post. But I mean, I try not to. I do look at that stuff um, because I want to know. We do, too. I know. You want to know. It's like you can get kind of addicted to it, though. We also have three million listeners. It's It's amazing. Every week. It's amazing. We don't know how it happens. But it's not like it's every week. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there were three million people that read that one post. Mm -hmm. It's not like three million people are reading my blog every week. I think I have like a core chunk of readership, but it's not like – you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know, Perez Hilton or something or, you know, the guy right. delisted or whoever it is. Like, you know, I'm not. But there was a was there one that was like the subject matter somehow you just felt like, oh, that hit. Was it a political thing or was so there, a... there was one I did on like why I why I decided to 
more, more serious one about why I stay in Alaska. That was one that was really popular. Another mm-hmm. one about Alaska. This I did this Alaska Airlines to English dictionary thing. That, that it was totally good. relatable. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff buried in there in the archives. You could spend a long time doing a deep dive in there for sure. I remember the why I stay in Alaska one. That's the first time I ever encountered your blog. A lot of people started sharing that one around. Yeah. And that was really cool. That was really an articulate, beautifully done Thanks. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's something... Again, it's like I try and kind of hone in on the essence of feelings, right? Like the essence of place, the essence of trends, the essence of whatever, um, you know, and point that out. And it's sort of observational, um, whether it's observational humor, observational, or more serious observation. Um, Another one that the ones that go beyond Alaska, like I had one about Serena Williams, and I sort of rewrote this piece for the New York Times. The New York Times had written this ridiculous piece, and I replaced it all with Tom Brady to show, like, how, you know, it was sort of this feminist thing, you know, to show how ridiculous the writing They were was. talking about what she was wearing. Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, right. So I was like, yeah. what would this sound like if it was Tom Brady? And that one kind of blew up, and then the Frederick Douglass one really blew up, and um, – so, but, you know, those are the exceptions, not the rules. It's not like I'm out there creating, like, viral content every day. And, and are you, do, do you, did, you, did you catch yourself at any point trying to? Sure. I mean, oh, I, I think yeah. it's safe to say that, like, so that's an interesting question because I think I do try to make every single one of my posts um, relatable, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, of course there's a hope in there that, you know, they'll get shared a lot and they'll go viral and it'll be a nice ego boost for me and everybody will read it and people will say, what a great post and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, I have to basically try and, like, it's a conscious effort for me to take that ego piece out and keep it separate from why I do this and not let the tail wag the dog on that because the the original reason why I started it is still the same reason why I continue to do it, which is a creative exercise, an outlet, a way to connect with people. And the part about posts getting shared and going viral and blowing up and internet famous and all that stuff, to the extent that's a reflection of my ability to connect with people, that's what I like about that. It's not so much, it's easy to get looped in to the like head trip of who's sharing this and where's this going and who's going to repost this. And and I get into that. I do get into that. And I have to stop myself and make myself remind myself, like, why I do this. And it's not because of that. That's the same with us. We did that one. We were shirtless. Clickbait. Yeah. We are just trying to clickbait. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't work. Twelve things Turns you out it would never work. believe about Andy <laughs> yeah, Klein. Right. I mean, yeah. like you wrote right click. <laughs> Number big. seven's gonna blow your yeah, mind. Exactly. Right. You won't believe what she looks like now. Oh right? my god, yeah. Andy yeah. Klein without Ooh. makeup. It's oh shameless. my god, on the beach. It's, it's shameless clickbait. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can. I, I don't have the ability to write shameless clickbait exactly. <laughs> oh yes, you do. I, well, I mean, yeah. well, listen, I want to say this. I think we've come to the end of our first hot, messy corner. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. Nice. Libby Backler, thanks so much for as the the blogger, the most famous blogger in Juno or Douglas. Douglas. I mean, Douglas. let's limit it to Douglas. Let's limit it to, yeah. Let's <laughs> not get ahead of ourselves let's not, here. Let's not go. Settle down yeah, over there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just. I was excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. As my dad. Yeah. Well, anyway. We'll be back with more from Bridge dad, from but. Nowhere.
We're back with Bridge from Nowhere. I'm Andy Klein. I'm Lou Logan. And I'm Carno. <laughs> the Magnificent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My second grade math teacher used to call me Karnak the Magnificent. Well, it's an easy one. I know, but yeah. I hadn't quite hadn't seen, seen that yet. Yeah. So it was a weird thing. I was also really good at math in second grade. You know, it was a little bit of a math prodigy. We'll talk about that. Some, so I think I there think. was some resentment among the class. Not a lot, but like some, you know. Karnak so you the were, Magnificent. You were clearly a, a far and a... Yes. Far ahead of everyone else in that good, class. I was a good math kid. Because you ended up going to a special class or school or something about Yeah, I that, ended right? up when I was in – they started like doing these tests in sixth and seventh grade where they came and they like gave you really hard math tests. And it was a funny thing where they said, we don't expect you to know all these, but we kind of want to see how you do. And I scored well enough that by the time I was in eighth grade, I was taking math at the University of Minnesota. And like done with high school math by the end of eighth grade. Like was your I, melon the same size as it was then? It was my melon's always been this size. It's a magnificently yeah. large head yeah. that has a huge brain in it, like a Pez dispenser, yeah. basically over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, gaping maw yeah. that Hawk. size too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it opens and sometimes candy comes out even. <laughs> On a good day. On a good day, yeah. Sometimes other things come out. <laughs> it's a candy day yeah. for Carno. It's a candy day for Carno. <laughs> Carno the Pez dispenser. But yeah, but anyway, so my math teacher used to call me Karnak the Magnificent, and I did not know for a long time. What Lou that and was. I did not uh, go to university in eighth grade. No. <laughs> well, Jamie was being Brainiac Six, Slargan. with his massive, massive math brain. It's big. While I was it's in second big. grade, we had a spelling bee, and for some reason, the boys were we were all trying to make our face the reddest. As boys do, and hyperventilate at the same time. So, it was my turn, and you know, you you get your face red, and you go, <gasps> and then all, all of a sudden, all I remember is waking up. Wow, you actually. They said I fell face first and hit the floor with my head, and uh, I was sent to the nurse, and they said, "What happened to you?" I said, I got hit. They said, who hit you? They said, the floor. <laughs> and so they let me lay down on that nasty blue knockahide couch. Oh, yeah. thought, the yes. nurse's couch. Oh, that thing. I thought you were going to say, how'd this happen? I thought you were going to say, spelling. <laughs> so it was stressful. <laughs> I can't I have, spell I did, the same, I did the same thing at a party in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. We were doing the thing of you breathe, 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 and then you stand up really quick and hold your breath. Mm -hmm. Wow! And and let's try it. We did it, and I and I did the same thing. I did it, and the next thing I remember, I remember hearing a sound like a loud crashing sound, and then I was on the floor and I was just waking up on the floor. And the people, all these friends of mine were standing around me like freaked out because I had hit my face right into a glass coffee table, the corner oh, of it, this wrought God. iron coffee table with glass on was, it. Was the table okay? The table was okay, actually. <laughs> oh, the table was not shattered, but like it was Thank a you. bam, you know. Wow. And, uh, but I was completely untouched. No bleeding or anything? Nothing. It was wow. weird. Because a head wound will bleed. The power of, oh. a, of a limp body. Yeah. Yeah. You've had a head wound. I've had a couple. Yeah, in well, my tell day. about tell about the 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 uh, dirt digger. Yeah, I guess I'm finally going to out mold. my fifth grade friend Andy. Don't Swan. do it. Andy. Andy was his name, <laughs> not this Andy over here. A different Andy. Yes. And he and I were friends in fifth grade, and his parents were very religious. And Andy liked to take GI Joe figures, like we all do, like y'all do, and he'd put them in a cup. And he'd pour wax inside the cup, and he'd run a wick up, like, through the wax into the hand of G.I. Joe's Kung Fu, Kung Fu grip. 
As you do. As you do. And then he would freeze these. And then he would open them up and we would go out in the yard and he would light the candle and we'd watch G.I. Joe burn. And it was never really like my thing, but he was my friend. And I was like, sure, I'll, whatever. Yeah, we can do I burned things when I was, I was a kid. I was like, we're doing this for a while now. He's like that kid in Toy Story, like the bad kid who yeah. lived next door. He was a lot like that kid. Um, but then his parents would have seen that as like burning false idols. So we had to bury them in his yard. <laughs> Under the tree. I mean, it was he was. We'd burn him. Then be this like, was all right, a we long gotta, process. Yeah, yeah. we got to bury him. And a whole. He thing had developed. like a like a basically like a giant mass grave of these. <laughs> like there were hundreds of them in there, I think. And so we're digging, and I'm like, so we did the thing where I'm digging with a shovel, like you do. And you and, find the bones of the old. Yeah, you would just like like rip up an old Superman guy who burned half, you know, and. uh and he had what's called a garden weasel, which if you remember your infomercials was like a stick with a wheel on it with spikes. And you used it to like aerate the ground or like set up planting for crops. You roll it on the ground and it would just poke holes in the ground. Hi, I'm Jerry Baker. And I'd like to introduce you to the garden weasel. It's a revolutionary new five-in-one tool that makes gardening fun and easy. The garden weasel's three rotary blades mesh with a scissor action to break up topsoil. So he would come over his, the top of his head with that and smash into the dirt, and that would break it up. And then I would dig in with a shovel, pull up the loose dirt, and throw it out. And then we had, like, a good rhythm going. And at one point, I can't remember, like, he stopped for a minute or I stopped for a minute. You know, we had, And then I went down to dig in the dirt, and he came up over the top with the garden weasel and just stuck it right into the top of my head. I mean, gunk. I mean, could have killed you, really. Could have killed me, could've absolutely. Killed as I remember, I mean, I was a kid, but as I remember, like, it didn't, like, glance off and, I mean, it definitely, like, sat there in my head. Stuck in your head. Yeah, like, stuck in my head. Ugh. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, it was just dirty. <laughs> you know, it was just, was literally covered in dirt. And then, uh, I mean, you know, so then he, you It's know, not a clean wound. No, no, it's not a clean wound. So he pulls it out, and then, you know, all the blood just starts to pour oh, out of my head. Because, you know, you know, and as, as, and as we have covered, it's a big head. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of, I mean, it's like a water tower. I'm like a water tower, basically. Gravitational and, uh, field flies get stuck in it. Yeah, and so, like, man, I mean, so much blood just started coming out of my head. And his parents were, gonna, were gone. There was nobody there. And they were gone for, like, another hour and a half. So we went in the house and, like, took all the washcloths that he had and, like, just held them on my head, soaking up blood. But it but wouldn't then they, stop. they thought you guys might have been, like, Muslims and they would have. Taking it to a church if they saw that turban on you. Yeah, they didn't. They <laughs> didn't watch didn't. that. No, we got rid of that too. <laughs> okay, no, yeah. all of those washcloths he threw out. But Did then we eventually him? like put bags of ice on my head, and then I just went home and never told my parents. You must have had a concussion. I'm or sure I something. did. Yeah. yeah, I never told my parents. He never told his parents. How deep did it go? It felt deep, like you know, it's because there's not a lot. I mean, but it's it's also like you just have a skull up there, so it you couldn't think go it that went deep through the skull. I don't think it pierced the skull, Ugh. but I don't know. God. I mean, into the yeah. brain. I guess it could into have. the brain area. Yeah. Did you become good with math before or after that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the garden weasel. Yeah, it is the garden weasel. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the soil nematodes. <laughs> no, no, I uh, <laughs> math nematodes went in there fused with the nerves. It's like a Kirk Russell movie. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And I got the lamest superpower. The magical boy and the garden weasel. Yeah, and I ended up with the worst superpower. I'm good at math. I am a brain. Um, the world's math smartest man. teenager. Yeah. So, uh, no, and, and, yeah, and it healed apparently and clean, and I didn't get an infection or anything, which is astonishing to me now to Crazy. think about. Like, um, yeah. So that was that. Yeah. And that just, it just, but it bleed. Oh, my God. I mean, just bl dark blood pouring out of me. I must have lost a lot of Does blood, Does your mom too. know the story? 
She does now. I think she does. Yeah, I think she did finally hear about it a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a Ooh. few years ago. It like it was one of those things that like I hadn't I didn't at some point I just forgot to tell her. There's stories know? like that that I realized that are stories that you and I have talked about yeah. or we've talked about or like even like are the the stories I tell at parties or whatever that my parents have no idea about or or that I might just tell in front of them, like, oh, well, like that one time, and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? You reveal these things. Like you go by the name Andy. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> Who's this? Well, well, they, they still, they call, still call you Andrew. Andrew, yeah. yeah. I noticed that when my they were here. My sister does. My family does, because yeah. I never pushed that with my family. Hmm. This, anyway, naming stuff strange. Yeah, it is. Well, when there I, you go. When I was in 12th grade, my English teacher wouldn't call me Jamie. He insisted on calling me James all Why? through the year because he said if if I went by Jamie, no one would ever take me seriously and I'd end up a failure in life. See? He was right. I know. And look <laughs> at me now. <laughs> take that, Mr. Barron. <laughs> we're going to call him, too. Yeah. we're calling. He might still be alive. Yeah. He wasn't that old. Okay. Yeah. And you had a one – what you had that one math teacher or you had a coach. Yo, your coach. Good st- tales about your high school basketball coach. You had a convertible? Oh, Yeah. Hi-Fi or something? <laughs> Was there certain stuff like? Anyway, we'll talk convert- about that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh man, he had a convertible, the Baron. Oh, he would oh, drive around. Baron. He would like drive us to weirdly like we somehow didn't have a bus sometimes for practice, so the school had a van, but it wouldn't fit the whole team. So like three of us would have to ride with the coach, <laughs> and he'd drive around his convertible and uh, play the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> And, like, we'd be stopped at a stoplight, hey, and he literally was, like, the guy in the cliche, worst sitcom ever. Hey, darling, how's it going over there? And just, taking it to the streets, is playing. And we're just sitting there, just, like, trying to... Because, you know, he was also 53, and they were, like, 24, these women. He's yeah. catcalling. You know, Ugh. it was gross and weird. Jeez. He was mustachioed. Mm, yeah. I like him now, though. Yeah, I mean, that, he had that going for him. Yeah. Yeah. He was a weird, weird guy. <laughs> were you on teams, Lou? They wouldn't let me on teams. No. No. Nothing? No team? I played AB? baseball. Baseball? Baseball, yeah. What, what position? Right field. It's important, you know. But you, know do you, uh, do you throw left or right-handed? I did throw left-handed, but we, my dad took me to several different places in Pennsylvania, Hills, Ames, service merchandise. Nobody sold gloves for lefties, these outcasts. Lefties, so you had to get a like a righty glove, and I had to get a righty glove because the team didn't supply lefty Sinestro hand gloves either. Sinestro, so uh, I I was a terrible thrower, and I think it handicapped my throwing throwing with my non dominant hand. Yeah, sure on a right field. So now now I throw right handed badly, but I swing lefty. That's right, you do. Uh How old were you when you were playing baseball? Third grade, so 15. <laughs> <laughs> Not a quick learner. <laughs> L- Probably gonna hit the- R-N-R. Yeah. How about that right fielder? You can hit the ball a ton. He's 15, but, <laughs> man, he can't play right field. Still throwing it into the ground. Well, kids never hit that far, so I didn't do anything out in the field. I just, you know, looked at plants, watched the bugs, <laughs> yep. waited. Sat down sometimes. Sat down. Yeah. Hung out. Yeah. Sure. Nice. No need no need to just keep standing out there. No. Right field's exhausting. Just well, standing out there alone. We're gonna talk more of childhood trauma, childhood tales, and the things that brought us to this weird place, cool place, amazing community. As Bridge from Nowhere continues.
bridge from nowhere. Jamie's adjusting. I am. Yes. His pants. And so <laughs> is Jamie put his pants back on. Yeah. We're adjusting each other's pants. Adjust, adjust, dig. Sometimes you just got to dig. We're all fans of zip-offs, which is something that I think if you go to our website, bridgefromnowhere.com, you'll see us all modeling zip-offs. You might even see a short film about zip-offs. You might see a In short fact, film about zip-offs. Yes. Yes. And, um, pretty short film, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, zip-offs are an integral part of uh, hiking often, right? They are. I wear them for hiking all the time. They're the best. Versatile. Um, I wore them in the Grand Canyon when I was hiking the Grand Canyon. What was your favorite place to wear zip-offs? You were just wearing them in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You told mm-hmm. us all about it. Yeah, yeah. My favorite place to wear zip-offs is at the office. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it can get stifling. Yeah, it gets hot in there. And you all really... those computers and mouth yeah. breathers. Well, I'm always no jealous windows. of your zip-offs when we're golfing. Oh, yeah. Because you will you can zip, zip on, off, zip yeah. off, whatever. You can just Golfing zip off. in Alaska is a you know myriad, wild experience. It is. In Juneau. And zip-offs are helpful for they that. They are very helpful. Yeah. In Juneau, we have a golfing course in Juneau, which we've act- I've actually seen your father, Barry, make the longest mm-hmm. birdie I've ever seen. It was incredible. How many yards is that? It was over 80 yards the, where he hit it from. But people that know how to golf say that they get worse as they play here. Oh, really? Because it's not smooth. It's not... It's terrible on your putting game. Yeah, the putting. So you get used to playing on... Uh, Gravel, basically. <laughs> well, it's just wet, and it's uh, it's the grass is longer than it normally would be. There's a big salmon stream going through the middle. It plays differently at low and high tide. Yep, you get the the stink in the fall or in the. We like had the, the late, special the rules, like it, like we. I don't know how much we've really used them, but if you have to hit it out of a salmon, then like you get a stroke off your game. If you hit an eagle, you get an eagle. Yeah, almost once. I had a friend hit hit the ball. It was in the fairway, and an eagle flew down and walked over to it. Like, I think it know, ha- I think we were. I think I've seen that happen. Yeah, it was just like those eagles. They Looking walk like it. old men. You know, like like old hunchy men. Like, <laughs> and then he looked down at it and he picked it up and moved picked it. Picked up. Oh, that yeah, wasn't me. He dropped it. Yeah, it was wow. John. Uh, ironically, my Canadian friend. He picked the, the up. eagle. Picked it up and moved it. Not an American. No. No. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a little ways away, but it looked like the eagle picked it up and then dropped it and then did that eagle screech. Very good. Yeah, it's very good, Lou. Yeah, it's so not, that was neat. Not the red-tailed hawk that many people think that the eagle no, it's sound not. makes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Is there an eagle in here? But uh, yeah, that golf course—it's fun. Man. My dad, my dad loved it so much playing here. Now your dad golfed a lot. Yeah, he golfed know? a ton. Yeah, he yeah. used to play every Monday with a bunch of old cats. They're and, in Minnesota. Though, in Minnesota, mostly. yeah, at the Fort Snelling Municipal Golf Course, which I think is gone now. Um, what happened to it? Uh, the airport expanded. It was right next to the airport, and it was the point like where, ours. Like, on a couple holes, if you hit the ball like you know slice or something, you'd actually hit it into the airport. <laughs> Like, you know, not off a plane or anything, but, you know, like in over the airport fence, certainly. And it was gone. His dad said, man, get gone. You better hit another one. Yeah. Um, So he, but yeah, he used to play there all the time. But he's been up here a few times or he was up here and he loved playing. I mean, it's it's a beautiful course. It's got to be one of the most picturesque places to have a golf course where a golf course is. You got mountains and a glacier and all this stuff. And 
he hit the ball and it went into this stuff called the cow parsnip we have here, which is, you know, it has a photovoltaic like goo on it. That's those are not the right science words, but um photovoltaic. Photovoltaic goo. It can actually generate solar power. Yes, it's amazing. Plug in your phone. Yeah. But it as like, it burns a, like if, a goo yeah. and for certain people, if you get it on you and then you're in the sun, you get like blister really bad. I believe it's the hairs in it, right? Oh, I don't know. Is it? I thought, I thought it, was it was like the, the juice. Yeah, I thought it was the juice. Sensitivity to the light. Mm. Yeah. So I you told my dad not to go in it. there to look at it to get the ball. And he goes, Why? It's just some and I said, You might you might burn. Yeah. <laughs> so he went back and he's like, Hey man, you hit your ball fucking grass in Alaska. You might get burned if you I go like get how it. you're self editing your dad's. Well, I mean, he used to do that all the time, too. Yeah. But he often used to be like, you know, because for years and years we celebrated Motherfucker's Day. Uh, yeah, right. But he would he would wish me that in front of my mom. And you never know how much she knew or didn't know. But he'd be like, Day. You know, or like at school, you know, stuff like that. Pick me up at school. Hey, day. Every Wednesday. Yeah, every Wednesday to this day. Yep, when the motherfucker comes down the chimney and brings good toys to all the good girls and boys. I like how the way you're editing is you're 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 slurring mother, which is a perfectly acceptable word. Yeah, but then you're saying that's how he used to do it too. Yeah, day. He'd like run out of yeah. Happy Moves Day. No, he, oh. added, he always added the first Now, part, what yeah. was that day? Can you explain? Uh, as far as I got from him, he hitchhiked to New Orleans in 1946. Uh, he left New York, and he was going to go to California, but he got stuck. And so he, rather than try to live in Pennsylvania, he took a ride to New Orleans and started playing jazz on Bourbon Street. And him and a bunch of his buddies just decided that they wanted to have a holiday every week. So they just decided that every Wednesday would be Mother's Day. And it was just the thing. And they made up, they took a song. I mean, they, they rewrote the song, All God's Children Got Rhythm. All Motherfuckers Got Rhythm and all that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, just celebrated. Drink wine, drink it on Monday, drink it on, on, Monday, Monday, drink it on, on Tuesday, Tuesday. Wednesday's the best of all. So Bro, don't, don't forget your, your barrels for the next ball. <laughs> and uh, he was always so happy because then, you know, he taught me about that and all my friends who came over when we were kids. And those people all have gone out into the world, and some of them still celebrate Mother's Day. And uh, people I met, like at Denali, people I've met here, uh, Mother's Day is celebrated in many states and countries around the world, I would say. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's really great. Because yeah. it is really just about having fun with it's friends. Fun having a party on Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, basically. Right, right, I mean, right. we used to have big Mother's Day parties in college sometimes. <laughs> in high school it's sometimes, too, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Well, uh, yeah. So um, but, that's cool. That and then and then so you took your dad out golfing on the on the Mendenhall Golf Course. Oh yeah, and my sister too. Yeah, we had a great time. And Lou, we went out and golf with your dad. Mm-hmm. He was he was here and showed him the salmon. In yeah, the creek. yeah. I mean, your dad lived in Alaska for a long time, mm-hmm. so I think that the things about Alaska he's obviously more used to. But we had a good time out there. It's funny golfing with dad stuff. My dad does not golf at all. And he lives on a he lived on a golf course until wow. the golf course went away, and the huh. house is still there. But the golf course and they ended up getting sold, and then went through a bunch of different transitions, and now it's just like a wildlife sanctuary back there, yeah, in Florida, it's, where yeah. it is, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, I think golfing with I think my dad is the entire reason why I golf. Actually, like it was, this as a kid played golf with my dad. You know, I don't know that I would have come to it on my own, maybe, but as Every time I play golf, it's like this connection to him still. And it really yeah. is a lot of why I still play, I think, in a lot of ways. Well, you use you know? his clubs. Yeah, I've still got his clubs. I use his clubs. 
And uh, it's just, you know, we dad and my dad hundreds of hours of memories of playing with my dad on the golf course, pretending we were rich people. I say, Smedley, capital shot. In Mortimer. Throckmorton. Indubitably Throckmorton. Well done. Yeah. And we'd be playing these nice courses. My dad would be wearing a pair of red sweatpants and a red sweatshirt of a slightly different color red. (laughs) (laughs) White sneakers. Old men dressing themselves. Amazing. (laughs) Everybody else with like polo shirts and, you know, like dressed like golfers who always kind of look like, you know, terrible. But um, yeah, dad just sweatpanting it up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was the best. No one ever joined us. That's the good thing about a municipal course. That's right, man. <laughs> you can't shut you coats. down. Yeah, it was great. Because yep. I've been turned away from a golf course because I didn't have a collar on. Yeah, you know. I know. You need a snap-on collar. I know. With the zip-off pants. <laughs> snap-on collar. <laughs> Zip-off. Zip-on collar. Zip-on collar. <laughs> snap-on. With snap on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, have you, did you, you don't play golf a lot. In fact, you stopped playing kind of, you kind of, you threw out your clubs and said, forget it. I'm not playing anymore. Got too aggravated with it. Uh, Is that all true? Am I making that up? N- no. That's fine. It's fine to quit I'm something. Just the, you know, I'm you don't just the play worst it. golfer in the world. <laughs> Well, golfing is hard because it's hard to. I came to golf late, and I'm terrible. You, I'll you, never be consistently anything at golf. I thought it would be great because I have a lot of experience handling balls. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, but and just, a shaft, and uh, yeah, <laughs> but it just didn't work out. It didn't. Life experiences didn't uh, transfer to hitting balls. Well, golf the, is known as like the most aggravating sport to play. For those reasons, it's it's such a simple thing. I take a stick and I hit a ball. Like I should be able to do that consistently, right? But of course, you can't do that consistently. No. There's yeah. all these weird angles and mechanics that are happening, right? So people spend their entire life. So it's you're certainly not the first person to quit the game of golf. I'm sure for someone you're you're to me you're sort of an athletic person, coordinated athletic person. So coming to a sport like that late is probably aggravating because you kind of probably can naturally pick up other things, right? And it just took so long. It, it takes, takes a long time. It takes a long time. <laughs> it does true. take a long time to play, yeah. <laughs> but that's a nice part of it, too. You know, you, you sort of know you got two hours. You're going to walk around. You're going to be outside. It's quiet. In a nice spot, yeah. You know, it's in a nice spot. It's quiet. You're with a friend, a couple of buddies. And here, it's one of the best open spots in all of Juneau. Like, we're so foresty and mountainy that on a bright, sunny day, the golf course is kind of one of the best places to go get some sunshine. There's a Juno claustrophobia thing that I think is a common thing here because the mountains and things, especially downtown, are so close. People feel like they don't you don't get to see a horizon yeah. a lot. And so the golf course is a place where you get to see, relatively get to see a horizon. And there's mountains and it's beautiful around. But there's a downside of that if you have to relieve yourself. Mm. There sure is. As yes. Jamie. Oh. Oh, yes, man, you're you're just out there. The sixth hole. You are just out there in an open plane. I still don't play that hole. If you've eaten some bad breakfast or whatever that morning, yeah, you are just Something happened to you that day. Exposed. It was not good that day. No. (laughs) Just just one bare tree out there that had no leaves on it. Tuck behind. That you were, like, behind for (laughs) Yeah, that's not good. Oh, my God. I just turned my back and said, yeah. he's just going to do what he's going to do out there. Thankfully, there was really no one out there, which is <laughs> there good. There was no one. Yeah. Which is it's an empty yeah, day. It was pretty exposed out there. Yeah. <laughs> More than pretty yeah. exposed. You were completely <laughs> <Fully> exposed. <laughs> yeah. Hello, world. 
But in like a weird, but it's, it's all like a big wetlands too. So it just you know, yeah. And I remember you. It was so you. You were so concerned about the explosivity. Yeah, explosivity. Bad. Yep. Of what was going on, that you pulled your shirt up too. Yeah, way oh, high. of course. Yeah. <laughs> I worried about getting. Well, I didn't want to get the Stanley Cup for one thing. Yeah. Oh, the Stanley Cup. I was worried about the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was. That was not a healthy day for me. Well, you felt better after that. Well, it took a while, though. Yeah. I mean, that was that was one of, like, seven in two hours, I think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's record-setting. Yeah, well, sadly, it's not. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> so, it's like, you know, it's in the it's in the top, you know, yeah, in top, top five, probably. But, yeah. Yeah, no But it's a log man. scale. I mean, forget yeah. the pun, but. <laughs> good math pun. Nice. Well, yeah, it was a little uh, like having the Norwalk virus. That yeah. yeah. Good times. Good times here yeah. on the Bridge from Nowhere. Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> That's it for Bridge from Nowhere. We want to thank today's guest, the hottest, messiest corner in Juno. Douglas's most famous blogger. Yes, Libby Backler. Thank you, Libby. We want to thank KTOO, the Alaska Podcast Network, Alaska Robotics, and all of our friends and families who may be listening right now. Thanks to Scott Burton, Jeff Brown, and Shelly Delaney here at KTOO for helping us with all of the technical support we need so dearly. Thanks to Jen Karnick, Allie Rosen, and Heather Bradner for putting up with the three of us for yet another week of our lives. And uh, thanks to the makers of The Garden Weasel. Garden Weasel, the multi-purpose tool that makes gardening easier and more fun, is perfect for Mother's Day gift giving. Now available at Walgreens, Skaggs, and Smitty's. We also want to thank so much brand new music from Coolson. Oh, so excited about the new music. George Kuhar and Steve Nelson, the house band, two of Juno's most talented musicians, were honored and... Kind of surprised to have them as our house band. It's weird. It's a level of quality we don't deserve. No. I feel like the show's not really (laughs) rising to meet the level of the music, but we're getting there. (laughs) We're trying, guys. We're sorry. Bridge from Nowhere is available on iTunes and Stitcher. And where else, Lou? Where else can people get? Bridgefromnowhere.com. Bo, do you see that bridge is out up ahead, don't you? (laughs) I don't think we're going to make it. I don't think them boys going to make it. What old Roscoe didn't know, though, was that the bridge up ahead was out. (laughs) 